All right, welcome back everybody to another short business bite. Matthew Donnelly here. And today we're diving into critical function structures. And what does that really mean? It's a fancy word for what is all the things inside the organization uh, that we need to do to achieve our vision and mission, which is what we talked about last time. You know, what are some of the things that we need to deliver in each one of these departments? What are the roles and responsibilities that have to happen to bring this stuff to fruition? What are some of the behaviors? Who are going to do these? What we're going to get into today talks a lot around comfort zones, that they might not fit the roles that we're in. Do we need additional people to be able to do this? You know, sometimes we run into a lot of problems that really stem from lack of role clarity, which you're going to see uh, play in a a variety of different roles. But at the end of the day, like when we're not hitting deliverables, what happens? And we see some very negative things like burnout. People leave. You know, we reward our best performers with more work. There's a lot of things that can go wrong if we're not crystal clear on our critical function structure. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Entrepreneurs of Edmonton podcast. Tune in to other entrepreneurs who have successfully navigated the Edmonton business landscape through their stories of adversity, triumphs, and strategic relationships. And now, your co-host, Chad Benman and Matthew Donnelly. All right, Chad. So, you know, last session we talked a little bit about your creating your mission, vision, your values inside your organization. So let's say we got that. We've got an idea of, you know, what we want to do. Uh, what's kind of next on the list for us to really dive into? Yeah, a lot of businesses, um, you know, they get that first step down and saying, you know, this is what we got to accomplish. This is why we're here. They'll get that down. Uh, but what they won't look at is what we call their their critical function structure, which which aren't jobs. They're not you know, they're not like a position necessarily. They're functions within the organization that need to to happen in order to achieve your mission and your vision. So, you know, you could have a financing function, right, where they are obviously there to take care of the health of the business, make sure that, you know, you actually have the right structures in place to get paid or pay, you know, you know, keep the balance sheet healthy. So there's all that. Of course, there's a marketing function, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be that. Sales, um, you know, quality control, operations, customer service, you know, information technology. These are all major functions within a business and companies need to, to figure out which ones are critical in, in their world that, that they're going to look at. All right. So yeah, I think this makes sense. So, but what if we're a smaller company and we don't have a lot of heads, you know, uh, people in this. And so I look at it and go like legal. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But you know, what do I do if I'm a small business and you know, that sounds like it would be important. What are, what are some ideas? How are we going to tackle some of these really important functions, but I don't necessarily have people for it. You know, mm-hmm. what, how am I going to handle this stuff? Yeah. The, the role, you know, the goal isn't, Obviously, size matters in terms of being able to fill those very specific kinds of positions, and it might not make sense to have a dedicated, you know, IT department or person. You just don't have the revenue to do that. But the point is, you still need an IT function, right? You still need to know. While um, you know, we use computers, we have software that we use to to connect with our clients. How are we going to keep all that going? So, identifying the function just says, okay, it's important. And then you got to go, what's my resources? Um, it could be outsourced. You know, right. you, you could be using a fractional. There's lots of those types of uh, functions out there, like fractional C, CFOs. There's lots of those out there because a lot of organizations just don't have that skill set in their company, nor can they afford it full time. 
Okay. Okay. So really we're looking at all these major departments that we really need to develop and promote in order to deliver our product and service to, you know, the market that we're going to. So we're, we're looking at trying to create a list of finance and sales and all of these different departments. Let's say we do that. Let's say we kind of list out, here's what we need. Um, what happens next? Like, how do we start to, how does this start to come for, to fruition? How are we starting to build this out? Yeah, well, you know, let's let's talk about something we know and love, sales. Okay. You know, we, we obviously work a lot in that world. So a sales department, what is their primary deliverable? What what do they need to be able to give the organization? This and and if this isn't articulated well, this is why salespeople often quote unquote fail in a company is because when they're hired, this isn't articulated. You know, just get me more sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what's the deliverable here? Is it net new accounts? Is it, you know, uh, lower customer turnover? Is it increased, you know, the length of engagement? Is it, you know, what what is the deliverable here that's going to allow us to achieve our mission and vision, right? And as an organization, we all need to know what it is so that we know when we delivered on it. Okay. Otherwise, we're guessing. Okay, so why do you think most companies don't have it? Like, do they just look at it and go like, okay, this is the department that drives revenue, just go out and get me revenue and it's just it's just too high level they don't spend the time to dig in is that they don't know what what they need like why do you think this is a, a challenge that we run into on a daily basis i don't i don't think people you know especially in small to medium sized businesses everybody wears like a lot of different hats that's very common mm-hmm. and so what happens is we're a slave to our inbox and so whatever pops in on the inbox that morning is the fire we put out and so what do we do we become expert firefighters and we just put out fires instead of, you know, stepping back and going, what are we really trying to achieve here? What do we need to deliver in each of these departments to have success versus what's the fire of the day? And I just, I just don't think entrepreneurs by nature, frankly, are what I call fire ready aim. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go out and just do stuff, action, action, you know. And so thinking, planning, you know, contemplating, a lot of entrepreneurs don't, they don't naturally do that. And so they need to find the space in their life to do it, to then go, okay, what do I really, it's kind of like planning for your favorite vacation. Like, what do you want to get out of it? Why do you want to go there? What experience do you want? And the more you think about it to create that vacation, the more satisfying it's going to be. And I think that's very, you know, in business, the more we know what each department's got to deliver on, the more we know we've had success. Okay. So if we're looking at sales, uh, so what would be some of these primary deliverable? Let's just go high level just because this is our world. Let's just have a, a conversation around this. So if I'm, you know, got an organization, I'm the, I'm the entrepreneur, maybe I'm doing sales. Maybe I have one other person, you know, if I've started to grow a bit, I maybe have a sales manager that's selling and looking after one or two people. Let's say we're in that kind of realm. What would be some, you know, deliverables off the top of your head that this department is, you know, responsible to deliver? Yeah. So, you know, example could be um, net new accounts in a specific geographic region. You know, that could be a deliver. Like we want to go from three accounts to 10 accounts, right? So we got to deliver seven new accounts in who, who are willing to buy a certain product line or X number of dollars uh, of a certain product or service that we have, right? Maybe because that's what we're going to plan on. That could be a deliverable, very okay. specific in a specific region or maybe in a vertical, like, you know, in agriculture, we're going to get seven new accounts. Um, that would be, you know, something that we need to identify. Okay. 
Now, so let's say we start to list out, we've got all these deliverables that this department is supposed to do. Um, let's take it one step further when it comes to like roles and responsibilities. So, you know, we're not talking about individual people here, but we know we've got this, this deliverable that we need to produce for the organization. How do we kind of take this granular so that we start to, you know, as we start to bring people into this, we know how to direct them. What, what's that kind of next step from a deliverable just starting to get a little bit more granular with detail. So for example, like say, well, if we need to get, I don't know, seven net new accounts in the egg sector, let's pretend that's what it is. Mm. Um, we need to then go, well, what are the activities that are going to support that? Like, is that, could we do that if we attended three trade shows? So yes. Okay. If that's the case, okay. Well now we got to put resources toward that. We got to have a budget. We got to, got to find three trade shows that would be relevant to do that. Um, so we got to have that kind of sales strategy that allows us then to achieve that result. Could be, you know what, we're going to we're going to do five different things. We're going to, cause it's not one activity. It's, it's a m- multiplier, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do some cold emails. We're going to create a list. We're going to ask for specific referrals, um, you know, from, from people we already work with, you know, so we're going to do all of these different activities. Now the issue of course is who's going to do them. Mm-hmm. So if you got a, you know, if you're an army of one as, and you're the owner, well, that becomes complicated because you also have operational responsibilities. You might have safety responsibilities. <laughs> you might have hiring responsibilities. Sure do. So when are you going to do all that? Right. And, and so maybe you got to go ask yourself, you know, there's a saying out there. Sometimes you got to spend money to make money and companies who are in a growth mindset, growth curve, often their profit margin shrinks during that phase because they have to invest. You can't expect to um, produce more if you don't have the people to do it. And, you know, and a lot of companies in the product space, they get that. They go, well, if I bought this new piece of equipment that's worth X dollars, let's say 300000 I know that will increase my capacity, you know, 20%. Therefore, I can increase my sales. It makes sense to them. But it, when you look at people, they kind of go, well... You know, I don't know if I hire them. What if they leave? I don't know if I should invest. I think I can do it all. I'll just work an 80-hour work week. Right. Well, good luck. Yeah, it's tough to scale when we see that. And then we start to see that burnout. So that makes sense. So so we've got this functions, right? We've created all these departments. We've started to identify what these deliverables are and then roles and responsibilities. So inside of that, you know, from a sales perspective, roles, we're looking at, you know, we've got reps, we've got management, we've got these different roles. And what is the responsibility of each one of these you know, positions to be able to deliver on this. So really we're trying to build guardrails. So if you were starting a new department, you know, what's their deliverable, who's doing what? Uh, And I think the goal of this whole, you know, conversation is to start to really flush out, do we need additional people? Um, And Chet, so I'd like to ask you if if anything pops out, any, any companies come to mind and not naming the companies and things like that, but what are some of the things that you've seen where, you know, we go in and, and, you know, we talk a lot about sales, but mainly about growth, right? As, as revenue generation mechanics, so to speak, Um, you know, we have a lot of conversations around growth and when we get in there, a lot of times it's not a sales problem. A lot of times there's a lot of other things. So I'm curious just off the top of your head. You know, do any any examples jump out to you whether there's too many people, not enough people, and then what that kind of looks like? Uh, so some of our listeners might be able to go, oh, yeah, I'm in that exact same boat. And then we can kind of talk a little bit about how we would kind of address that. Well, I always look at it from, 
you know, when you look at what what activities people are doing, people typically do things they like to do. They gravitate toward that and they avoid things they don't like to do. That doesn't mean that fits the role, right? So, you know, you might have people who love, love to, you know, deal with existing accounts, but, you know, they don't really, they don't really want to prospect. And so now you have a gap there because you need to grow by seven net new accounts. How are you going to do that? with people who don't really want to do that behavior. So if they don't understand that that role requires that behavior, nobody's holding them accountable to that. Guess what's going to happen? You know, you won't hit it typically, or if you do, it's by complete accident. So, you know, in small business, you don't have, you don't have time for accidents. You don't have like, you got to be able to be measured and, and focused. So, so in a lot of small businesses, you know, people, Frankly, they, they don't do enough of the right activity. Um, they don't necessarily know what the right activity is. Nobody's really talked to them about it. See a lot of uh, companies, you know, where they try to do the salesperson slash sales manager role because they're not sure they can hire somebody. But, you know, that's incredibly dangerous too because then the manager often, you know, likes selling, maybe doesn't like managing because managing is messy and getting people to get results is often difficult. So it's easier just to sell. And then guess what happens? They don't coach. They don't recruit. They don't look for new talent. So yeah, they're doing one part of the role, but is it the right one? Uh, I'm not sure. Or, or the other thing I often see is people always try to dump the worst activities. Who can we dump the worst activity on? So collect money. Nobody wants to collect money in companies. It's, right. it's, so you, let's pretend you had somebody in accounts, you know, receivables or payable. You had a position like that. Often they'll just default it back to sales. Go collect this because, you know, they're your customer. Okay, well, is that the best and most valuable use of your sales team's time? Or should they be out prospecting and meeting new people? Not to say you don't want to collect money, but shouldn't the person maybe in the payroll department or, or sorry, not payroll, in accounts payable, accounts receivable, shouldn't they maybe learn how to do a proper collections call so that they can, because that's what they're paid to do is make sure the money's flowing in the right direction. Why not train them? Do that job because maybe they're more valuable. Like if they could learn how to do it, they could do it better, more effectively, and your sales team would be freed up to actually do what they're supposed to do, which is, you know, go out, meet strangers, uh, and close new business, which your accounts payable team, receivable team can't do anyway or won't do. And that's not really why you hired them. So you, you got to make sure you're not just dumping stuff on different positions that don't belong. So we see this all the time. So maybe maybe I'll just ask you a pointed question. And so wh- in your opinion, why is this happening? Like salespeople get all sorts of stuff that aren't sales related and they're doing all these things that take them away from making sales. And I'm sure that's true in other departments where they get more and more kind of put onto them. So my question to you, Chet, is why do you think there's this massive disconnect of, you know, you're just starting to do more of these things, which probably isn't true to the position that you're in. Why do you think we see so much of this in small business? Lack of rule clarity. People haven't sat down and go, what value do that does this role bring to us? And what are we willing to pay for it? We don't really look at that. So, you know, I always go back to cleaning the office. All of us could probably clean our office space. You know, we can get a vacuum out. You know, we can dust it. We can do whatever we want. We can do it. The question is, should we do that? Right. And you might be the greatest vacuumer on earth. But really, you know, that job isn't worth the value. You know, when you look at it just without putting people into it, you just look at the role and say, well, this role is worth X. Then what activity should that role do? And if why are you letting that creep into your primary functions role? Like, why are you allowing that? So usually lack of real clarity, 
or comfort zone stuff, right? I just like doing it, so I'll do it. Not, you know, not that I should do it. So I think that's the biggest problem is, is we haven't clarified who does what, why they do it, and what their deliverables are. If you did that, um, I think you would avoid a lot of this. Well, let's just dump it in this department problem, which we see a lot of. Well, it's their problem. No, it's not. It's your problem, you know. Yeah, so so we see that all of a sudden the, the there's a lot less traction for that one position, right? They're not performing and and hitting the deliverables as best they could because they've got all these other functions. What are other some other some of the other negatives or downsides in doing that? So we keep adding more stuff on. Just from from your experience, what have you seen inside of organizations when people just keep getting more and more put on them that isn't their core deliverable and so that's not what they're measured against and that's not what they're being held accountable to but they still have to do it what have you seen well so sometimes people just they're they'll just take it all on because they believe they can do everything and so then they work 60 70 80 hour work weeks and then they burn out they they can't survive on that pace and then they'll look for other opportunities right so they'll leave um and you know often we reward our best performers with more work (laughs) and if you think about like oh we'll give you the hardest project we'll give you the most difficult thing because they they pull through for us but at the end of the day is that really a reward it's kind of like the kid at school who got their work done early what's the reward oh you get to read a book instead of you know i mean i don't know unless you love reading but a lot of kids they'd rather do something more fun than oh do extra work or go help the kid who's struggling they don't want to they want a reward that matters to them. And so when we look at at the roles, like either you're burning your team out. So as if you're the owner leader and you look at your mission, vision, values, you got to go, you know, where are you, you going to get the time and money to invest in in new talent? You, you have to, your, your profit margin might shrink, but you, if you're going to get to the next level, if you're going to create that growth, you got to invest. You got to invest in people. And if you invest in the right people who understand their role, their function, and their deliverables, your ramp up time's faster, mm-hmm. your return is better and quicker, and it's measurable. And then if you've accidentally made a hiring mistake, you see it really quick, and you can move on. But you know, to just just hire people and hope they can deliver some kind of result that you've never told them what you want, and they don't really know, you know how they're going to be measured, and it's all kind of hope and pray. It's not really a, a recipe for long-term growth and success. Yeah, definitely have seen that where, um, you know, organizations keep putting more on. And, and from a sales standpoint, we see it really simply just because there's a lot of numbers attached to it, which is, you know, as this department, you're meant to drive revenue in multiple different ways. But then you start adding on non-sales related tasks and behaviors. And all of a sudden you wonder why the sales aren't there. And you look and go, but I'm still accountable to all these other tasks that don't drive revenue. And the real question is, well, could we get somebody to do a lot of those activities and free you up to go drive more revenue? And is that a bigger payoff to the organization? So that's a simple numeric example of taking less you know, activities that don't drive revenue and give it to somebody else who, who might make less money, a smaller investment versus the sales team. But I'm sure there are other departments that would be the same thing. Could we take this away from your key players in these departments and pay somebody else a smaller amount to do those behaviors and get them focusing on the, the actual critical function of that specific department? Right. And especially your key leaders. Like when you look at a lot of them, whether they're an ops leader or a sales leader or, you know, um, maybe a, a, a project leader, there's a lot of times, you know, they're not working in their strength zone. They're doing stuff that needs to get done, but it's really not role appropriate. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're wasting that valuable resource that could be doing so much more for us by doing that. And everybody's always like, yeah, yeah, but I'm not a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, but instead of just saying that, what what's an alternative? Is there a, a creative way to fix the problem? Can you use fractional people? Can you outsource things? Can you, you know, can you bring in temporary people to do different projects instead of dumping it on on people that are, you know, is there a way to automate? Like, are you looking at all your software tools and going, are we actually using these things mm-hmm. to create success and, and get time back? You know, if not, is it a training problem? Do we need more training on the tool? Like, what are we missing here instead of just going, well, we just got to work harder. Yeah. Let's, let's just work 80 hours or, you know, well, just, just deal with it. That that's not a solution. You will lose your best staff. If yeah. you do that, people will quit They'll move on, and we see the great resignation has made people really reevaluate why they work the way they work and where they work and who they work for. Yeah, that makes sense. I think if you're a leader, I think the big takeaway today is looking at your departments. What are the critical functions? What do they need to deliver? What's the roles and responsibilities to actually make that happen? And then start listing out all the stuff that is extra and find another place, person, or way to take care of that stuff so that you can grow Uh, and have a lot more success in your life. Absolutely. That's a wrap. Episode over. You know what to do. Please leave a review. Subscribe would mean the absolute world to us.